With 300-plus exhibitors and more than 50 conference sessions, NAB Show New York is designed to offer a new outlook on media, entertainment, and technology, so you can stay ahead of the field. Visit nabshowny.com and use code MP01 to save up to $100 on registration. Pick up your copy of the new issue of Film Comment, featuring a special section on the 57th New York Film Festival including Bong Joon-ho's Parasite, Pain and Glory and Pedro Almodovar on his literary inspirations, Noah Baumbach's Married Story, Angela Shanalek's I Was at Home But, and Cornelio Poromboyo's The Whistlers. Support independent, non-profit film journalism today at filmcomment.com. Welcome to the Film Comment Podcast. I'm Nicholas Rapold, the Editor-in-Chief of Film Comment. The New York Film Festival is here, which means there's a lot to talk about. Film Comment will have three onstage talks during the festival, as well as special screenings of the much-anticipated Portrait of a Lady on Fire. But first, we wanted to dip our toe into the lineup by talking with two recent guests at Film at Lincoln Center. Ashley Clark, Senior Repertory and Specialty Film Programmer at BAM, and filmmaker and critic Fariha Zaman. While they were here to talk with our Critics Academy, I took a moment to ask them for some picks from the festival. Let's go to our conversation. Uh, hello, welcome to the Film Comment Podcast. My name's Nick Rupold, I'm the Editor-in-Chief of Film Comment, and this is the first of our New York Film Festival podcasts, uh, where we'll be talking about movies in the New York Film Festival, you guessed it. Um, and obviously we've talked about a few of these before, so super fans, um, you should still stay tuned because we'll talk about them in new ways with new people. Um, and then there will be films that we have not talked about before, but enough out of me. Allow me to introduce my wonderful guests. Uh, Ashley Clark, um, I am the Senior Repertory and Specialty Film Programmer uh, at BAM, Brooklyn Academy of Music, and a long-time popper-upper on the Film Comment podcast. That's right. Always popping up. And? Fariha Zaman. I'm a filmmaker and producer and also a Film Comment contributor and podcast hanger-on. You can't get rid of me. Yes. People can't get enough of the podcast. It's very rejuvenating. Everyone feels relaxed afterwards. Um, so I thought we'd just kind of dive in. Um, the, the occasion for this, actually, is, is that both of you have just participate in the Critics Academy, uh, which is one of the academies that uh, happens during the New York Film Festival. We have a Critics Academy, we have an Artists Academy. The Critics Academy is to help, uh, I don't know, mentor um, burgeoning critics. Uh, and uh, you were just talking about your experiences. Uh, and I just thought it'd be cool if you talked about some of the films you were looking forward to in the New York Film Festival. I don't know who wants to start with one. Um, Asha, we were just talking a bit about Atlantics. Yeah, um, so Atlantics uh, is the debut feature film by uh, Matty Diop, um, and it is set in modern-day Senegal. Um, it is a really interesting and confident and poetic, all the adjectives, um, drama, which has certain uh, genre elements that, um, appear in unexpected ways and I wouldn't wish to spoil those but it um, ostensibly I guess deals with the migrant crisis um, the ongoing um, crisis of, of migration and 
um, frames it in such an interesting and original way. Uh, m- many people will know uh, Matty Diop, but potentially from, from some of her earlier short films like uh, Mille Soleil, A Thousand Sons, or the film from which this, this grew out, um, Atlantiques. Mm-hmm. Um, and also she, she's acted in films like um, Claire Denis' um, mm-hmm. 35 Shots of Rum mm-hmm. and Simon Killer, the um, oh, yeah. Brady right. Corbett millennial adrift in Paris doing bad things movie yeah. <laughs> um, and this is yeah you know I, I really the last thing I want to do is give away too much about it because it's to use a honking cliche it's just like pure cinema like the way that she uses um, image and sound in concert um, yeah. is, is really striking um, obviously one of the things we, we do as critics and programmers is watch lots of films in in a day um, more than is strictly healthy. Um, <laughs> sometimes five, six, seven films in a, in a day. I saw this film recently at, at Toronto in the, uh-huh. at TIFF. I think it was my third or fourth film. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, I was still really trying to process this one during film number six and even the next day. So when you open yourself up kind of emotionally and psychologically to, to really immerse yourself in an experience, particularly something that is so sensitive and thoughtful and attuned to tone, and space and time and again all these cliches um it really it's really something you know it speaks to the quality of the film that mm. that i'm still trying to process it now a couple of weeks later um this film obviously is being distributed by netflix uh, it's getting a limited theatrical window mm. um i would encourage um people to try and see it at the new york film festival if they can yeah. and certainly see it on a big screen yeah. um, because it is a, an extremely um potent cinematic experience and ex- and more than promising debut it seems fully formed and i've skirted around what it's about in a way yeah. but there are just um it's fairly it's actually fairly simple you know it, yeah. it proceeds with a, a clean a cleanness and as i said the way that it handles these genre elements is very confident yeah well i admire that that it, it you you know you're speaking more eloquently than i think i would have when after i saw it at can where I think it, I just saw it again here in New York and I, at a press screening, and it really took me two screenings to fully understand understand it and, and grasp it because because it, it is a film that I mean almost because of just the I don't know the the I don't know the, the careful alchemy of the image and sound that's at work in it um, and the way it draws on certain um, genre aspects. Uh, it didn't. I don't think it hit me as strongly as it can as when I was able to observe it and really live with it and sit with it. Um, I don't. I don't know what number is probably like my third or fourth, but yeah. <laughs> and crucially, it doesn't do. It doesn't handhold. It, it's yeah. steadfast. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure that the temptation was never baked into the conception of of the movie to hold your hand or to right. to guide you through it with voiceover. So there are these kind of remarkable narrative and and tonal shifts that are heralded by by image and sound rather than a character yeah. explaining exactly what's happening. So it's a film that rewards close attention and one that yeah. I highly recommend. Yeah, for sure. Um, and for Rhea, what were you going to... Was it, I think... Well, also we should say that we're not just going to sit here. We did not come here to praise Caesar. No, how does it go again? Um, we're not just going to praise all the films we're talking about, <laughs> talking about here. Um, what, was there a film you liked or a film you're still wrestling with? Sure. Um, and before we talk about some of the films that I've seen already. You started mm-hmm. with what are you excited about? Oh yeah, right. Mm-hmm. And I just want to, while well, like nobody needs to um, uh, convince people to love Michael Apted as a documentarian, I am so incredibly um, excited that you have 63 up. I can't wait to see it. Yeah. Uh, it's actually uh, every few years, not every year because that would be insane, but every <laughs> few years on my birthday, I watch a marathon of the Up oh, series wow. just to sort of like think about how, how your life evolves over time yeah. and contemplate mortality and stuff like that. 
birthday stuff, you know. <laughs> um, and uh, and then I, w- I just wanted to say the entirety of the um, projections program because yes. I, th- I first started coming to New York Film Festival for that. I was still a college student. Okay. So I've actually been coming to New York Film Festival for over a decade. I think I was 19. Yes. Um, and I uh, went to Bard College and they had a really great sort of avant-garde film program. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, I had limited funds, so I wasn't able to go to all of the films that were uh, premiering, but the idea of that, like, weekend pass was accessible mm-hmm. and, and opened my eyes to so much. So I still, yeah. it's it's still a tradition for me to go to the entirety of the Projections weekend. Yes. Well, we will be devoting a whole podcast to Projections. Uh, so also just, just a resounding, like, cosign for, for Up, mm-hmm. uh, the, the amazing oh God, Michael yeah. Apted did every, you know, yeah. seven, is it seven years? Yes. Series, so yeah, seven yes. up, yeah. 14, yeah. so on. Yeah, you don't need me to go all the way up. <laughs> <laughs> most listeners will can do that, man. Well, we did um, talk about multiples of seven, so. Yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, just the most, uh, the fact that it, <laughs> I don't want to sound like Hansel from Zoolander on Phil Collins, <laughs> or was it Sting? I can't remember. But the fact that it exists is yeah. remarkable in and of yeah. itself, but it's such beautiful, sensitive filmmaking as well, and I can't wait for 63 up. 63 up, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's... Just even it's it's I hate the word masterclass is overused, but as a masterclass in editing and like compression, it's yeah. I, I it's like a magic trick. I don't oh, even exactly. fully understand and, it. And I think people can, um, uh, as as sometimes happens with documentary, uh, overlook uh, yeah or conflate um, um, function form content, um, yeah. and it's not simply a good series of films because the concept is strong yeah. it's beautifully put together this yeah. person like has sat with the lives of all of the subjects in the film over time deeply and I think yeah. that that's reflected in as you say the editing um, the kinds of strands that he goes back to it must be difficult to do that over decades of you yeah. know being participating in people's lives yeah and and then also I guess kind of a uniquely cinematic thing and this, I, it's hard to think of another medium that could do it quite mm-hmm. quite the way movies do Although it, ha- it is kind of mostly known, I think, as a TV thing in the UK. That's true, yeah. yeah. So uh-huh. I, I, I definitely hear no, you, no, and I think uh-huh. it, there's something about that in a collective environment, which is exceptionally powerful. Yeah. But uh, just in terms of, yeah, the, the visual and editing craft of it is, yeah, is fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, so what, what's, what, what are a couple of films you've been able to preview that you're curious about? Well, I would to love about? to talk about Zombie Child because I know that Ash has also seen this okay. film. Um, and also, uh, I'm a big Bertrand Bonello fan. Okay. I uh, reviewed um, Saint Laurent when it played at New York Film Festival a few years ago mm-hmm. uh, for Reverse Shot. Yeah. And I was really blown away. And not least of all, because I have a running list in my mind of um, the best shot party scenes uh. of all time. <laughs> uh, and has this incredibly beautiful neon lit i mean i think i think that um uh his sort of visual sense aesthetic sense um and a kind of looseness in terms of the Mm -hmm. order of scenes and how a narrative develops is really strong um and i believed that to be true in zombie child as well Mm -hmm. but to just be frank i continue to wrestle with um someone of his background depicting voodoo culture. I think it's something that's so uh, um, reduced often uh, mm-hmm. and people have ideas about it and it's very othering. Mm-hmm. And while the film is sympathetic to this being part of a deeper um, culture for the people involved, mm-hmm. uh, I still, I'm not sure how I felt about, um, you know, a, a, a white French person, even if they're kind of 
making the effort to to contemplate colonialism and that history yeah. and that's baked into the film there is still mm -hmm. sometimes a stark feeling of I'm watching this man put the, these scenes together and I don't yet know how it was filmed and the process of shooting in Haiti right yeah Maybe we can step back just for a second and, and I give the log line for the film if, if one can be given um, I mean, I guess basically it centers on a, a student at, um, at, at a school. Um, it's basically almost an all-white all school, basically. and, and, as, and as a very yeah. um, telling lateral pan at the start of the film depicts, um, it's, it's almost entirely white, yeah. ever, ever so slightly ethnically diverse, mm -hmm. but pointedly one young black girl in this mm -hmm. class. So that's, that's Brunello using, you know, stylistic... His stylistic confidence to impart information um, in a way that is so seductive mm -hmm. with him, um, and then and then it parallels the story of well, actually not this girl, but her classmate, which really um, threw me. Actually, I, I given that the film's called Zombie Child, I expected it to be um, the the story of the girl of African descent, but it's in fact her very kind of privileged. Uh, white love-struck classmate who's got yeah. this desperate crush um, on a ma on a on a on a young man who is well, I don't want to spoil it but he appears kind of in the film and I found that to be one of the funniest things I've seen on screen this year the way that her her crushes is kind of eventually revealed <laughs> yeah and and it, the the sequence had a really nice way of feeling but like the that it leaned into the humor of that and allowed like you know adults yeah. to sort of uh, smile mischievously about teenage love, but also is completely sincere. There is a mm -hmm. deep sincerity, yeah. and and I guess is that enough of the, the logline of this film? It's, it's a parallel story. There's yeah, right. and it also cuts back to um, 1962 Haiti. Right. <laughs> Just remembered that off the top of my head. Not looking yeah. at the guide, um, so where right. a young man, uh, Clevius Narcisse, is made into a zombie by his resentful brother and a contemporary Paris girls boarding school attended by <laughs> Clevius's direct descendant. And again, that just came <laughs> from, from my mind. You just um, have a head for these things. I've yeah. just got a head for these things. <laughs> yeah. uh, so the film kind of unfurls the, these parallel narratives, mm -hmm. spending more time in the present day. Right. Um, and it's kind of, it's difficult to predict where it's going to go next. Yeah. Um, I'm also a big uh, Bertrand Benello fan. Um, and, and a big reason why, why I like him so much is because there's a paradox going on where he seems so in control. He's so masterful. He even does his own music. Yeah. But yet I'm never quite sure when when the glibness or the, or the humor is going to hit and when the yeah. sincerity is going to come through mm -hmm. and which what what's going on where. So I can see why that is, is problematic. And I did certainly, it raised questions of authorship for me, but, but productive questions. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I found this was one of the films I saw at TIFF that I did not know what I thought immediately and I found myself going back to it in my mind, finding myself frankly perplexed by some of the muted reactions um, because this is a film that gives you so much to wrestle with yeah. uh, along lines of race, class, gender, history, um, contemporary and historical um, socio-political um, commentary, although it's never so on, on the nose as to be commenting on anything. Mm -hmm. And I wonder whether there's just so much in this film and the tone of it is so curious that one way out of it is to just kind of put the shutters up and say, oh, it didn't really do much for me. Right. Mm. Um, but this is a film that I'm so looking forward to reading um, people on, people who are going to go into really think about this film because it's yeah. fascinating and really stylish and skillful and yeah. I would happily watch it again I mean the, I specifically use the word sh um, sh struggle with because it's a, a continuing issue it's not I walked out of the movie angry um, yeah. but because there, it's like s such a pleasure to watch in a way that 
uh, and, and because it is specifically, it's dealing with the same questions that I'm having yeah. in watching it and feeling perturbed by it. So I think there is, even though outside context is not, should not always uh, factor into your yeah. viewing experience, this is one where I, I, I kind of have to know. I want to watch it again. I want to talk about it. I want to see how other people respond. Yeah, it's an amazing kind of follow-up to Nocturama as well, which is also this kind yeah. of luxuri luxuriously dubious film. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're, you're watching it and so you're enjoying it, cut. and it's like, oh my god, what the fuck is going on here? Like, yeah. it's so spiky is and it strange. Okay? I mean, he's addressing it, he's acknowledging yeah. all of right. these issues. So, does that make it okay? Right. <laughs> and I guess in a climate where, like, we, we, something we we addressed on in the Critics Academy was how mm. I think increasingly understand that the need for it and I guess it's something I've participated in myself to, to a degree but the idea that ideological lines are being drawn mm -hmm. uh, in criticism and how we receive films that can't necessarily be or should not be transgressed mm -hmm. and I think Brunello's project is to transgress these in productive ways yeah no he's not a troll he th I think he think, thinks things through very deeply I think he's a very smart man and I think he's using his craft to mm -hmm. genuinely investigate a lot of these things and I find it really interesting yeah yeah, I I mean in my head I'm I'm still trying to work out if it's doing the things it's about, <laughs> basically, and I don't know, but I I I think maybe seeing it again is one way of working it out, and I I guess I'm kind of I'm I'm relieved in a way that definitive things have not come out of Toronto about it, so that people can kind of discover it for themselves here, because this is this is a movie where yeah sort of disastrous things could happen from like insta insta takes on this movie um so what else i mean there there's it's hard to choose any one thing but I, we were just talking about uh projections a little bit and I, I think ash you mentioned a film from projections that uh you quite liked yeah uh, a film called uh unfilm dramatique um by eric baudelaire known as a fairly kind of rigorous and very serious exacting non-fiction filmmaker um and this is just a beautiful um, study of a kind of collection of four years worth of, of working with this um, high school film class in the Paris suburbs. And it's really playful and interesting and again, completely unpredictable. Mm -hmm. um, there are questions about authorship and control, how much of the film is his versus how much of it is belongs to the students. Mm -hmm. But it's just a film you're watching it unfold and a lot of really interesting um, questions come up that we constantly wrestle with and, and it's kind of humbling coming from the mouth of a, a 14 year old or 15 year old saying, but for real, is this a film or is it a documentary? Right. <laughs> you know, which got a huge laugh in the crowd. Yeah, um, yeah. The press and industry screening, yeah. of course. Um, because it's, it's showing these kids who are creative and engage with the world and being very earnest, grappling with some of the things that we continue to take very yeah. seriously without much humor sometimes. <laughs> um, and it's just very funny and very sweet and, and a real surprise. Uh, again, yeah. this is another film I saw at TIFF, which is part of their Wavelengths program. Mm -hmm. um, and I just thought it was beautifully done. And, and I, I recommend it. Funny, engaging, and lots to think about after it. Yeah, it's a sort of film where you you kind of feel like it's being assembled as you watch, not in a bad way, but that it's it's you know it's kind of shifting and and, and and coming together, and in the process being like disassembled from the inside by all the kids that they're talking to and having their their fresh perspectives um, on, on 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 questions. It's almost like before all the various like 
you know theories and dichotomies are in their head they're still they're they're still open before you have to pick a lane exactly you know, and it shows you the the beauty of, of collaboration and just mucking yeah. around and experimenting and coming and you get to see their progress as filmmakers as, as young <laughs> filmmakers yeah. and how and how their view on the world and, and each other change yeah um yeah i thought it was really moving and and i can't stress enough really funny oh yeah like yeah. it's you know zombie child is funny in a way yeah um, in a very arch way, but this is genuinely just, I laughed a lot watching it and it's, it's, it's nice to laugh <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> well, I, I, I feel bad because one thing I, I also want to mention about it is that there is also a strand, a kind of very sort of sad story of one of the students in it that can kind of get, get, gets, can get lost a bit in the, in the discussions about film. Um, one student has to go to another school and, and I don't want to say too much about it, but that, I thought that was very bold and to keep that in there, you know, so that, um, that's just it's just needless to say it's a kind of film with many facets in it. yeah and it's made with real love and empathy yeah which really shines through media masters entertainment elite creative connoisseurs join us this fall at nab show new york to demo products make new connections and learn the industry skills needed for what lies ahead nearly 300 exhibits and 50 plus sessions on the show floor will get you up to speed on inspired storytelling monetization training and trends all complemented by several community-focused events set to expand your network. Visit nabshowny.com and use code MP01 to save up to $100 on registration. Pick up your copy of the new issue of Film Comment, featuring a special section on the 57th New York Film Festival, including Bong Joon-ho's Parasite, Pain and Glory and Pedro Almodovar on his literary inspirations, Noah Baumbach's Merit Story, Angela Shanalek's I Was at Home But, and Cornelio Poromboyo's The Whistlers. Support independent, non-profit film journalism today at filmcomment.com. There's one film that I'm not sure we've talked about yet, uh, but maybe we, we could a little, um, that's also in uh, New York Film Festival and is in the main slate, and that is Wild Goose Lake, uh, which is... It's uh, a film by Diao Yunnan, who won a Golden Bear at uh, Berlin for his last movie, um, Black Hole Thin Ice, which is, I, I just re- remember being like a, a riveting, um, kind of unclassifiable film, just with really bravura, like filmmaking in it. Um, Wild Goose Lake um, is, is a different, kind of a different animal. Um, I don't know. What, uh, Freya, what did you make of, of this film? Um, so I'm going to start by saying it's uh, in a noir mode yes. uh, and that I personally am very hard on films that have a lot of gun violence. Oh, uh, only in the sense that I, I, I really consider whether it's earned because I have a sensitivity yep. to seeing mm-hmm. it on screen. And I, one of the things that I found interesting in this film is that um, it, it doesn't, the, I don't think that the violence, uh, although it's necessary because it's a story about kind of low-level criminals, mm-hmm. um, uh, undercuts the emotional underpinning. I don't think it's it's treated lightly. Um, at the same time, it just looks cool. So that's a very difficult line to tread yeah. when it feels like this uh, has some weight, um, but you're still in that noir way, and particularly in a sort of contemporary Chinese update of noir, mm-hmm. reveling in a like fast shots, mm-hmm. neon underbelly look. Um, yeah. uh, I think some people do that in a way that's really flip, and this felt like I was being taken to ki- like kinds of spaces that. Mm-hmm. Um, were new to me um, and 
well observed. The world that's created, I think, felt very complete. Um, I think that the cinematography was probably the strongest thing for me, though. Like, I don't know yeah. that I I, I walked film. out um, uh, with it being a film that's like going to sit with me for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, but there were shots that I went home and like sketched. Oh, wow. Yeah, I like I, I I'm like a, this was such a good idea. The editing of this was so smart in a genre that um, often people don't put thought into or do a little lowest common denominator, you know, mm-hmm. like lock, stock, two smoking barrels. Um, <laughs> now we're talking. <laughs> sort of, yeah, like wild, explosive uh, uh, means I don't have to do any work in terms right, of right. what that means. So I think, yeah, I think it's re- it's it's very it. it I don't know how it will stay with me, but I think that it's um, better constructed than I was expecting. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's, that's another one I want to see uh, again. Uh, it's, I guess the general story is, is that there's a, a kind of gangster who's on the run with, um, uh, with, with a woman who's on the run. And I mean, I could just leave it at that because it, it, it does kind of just take that archetype and kind of, and kind of run with it and, and play with it and use it as a kind of just a, blank canvas to to perform um some uh you know interesting camera uh maneuvers and uh the plot is very it's like all about reveals yes exactly. you know every 20 minutes there's a new perspective that's brought in there's so many because it's about gang culture there's Mm -hmm. many many characters and while we are sort of in the present day with one you keep having these pieces um yeah. Uh, that come in and shift your expectation yeah. of where the narrative is headed. Yeah, it, it's kind of a movie where I, I keep imagining it as like, you know, walls are shifting aside and suddenly another world is, is, is revealed, which almost kind of happens. Yes, it's a musical. It's a, I, right. I wish. It's, yeah. <laughs> a Guy Ritchie style musical. <laughs> Don't give him any ideas. Um, well, uh, what else? Uh, I'm trying to think what other things we might uh, talk about. I mean, one thing that kind of gets short shrift, uh, just because there are a lot of interesting premieres for people to see, um, are the retrospective sections in the New York, New York Film Festival. Um, there are a number of you know, very significant ones like Doddsworth uh, and uh, you know, uh, the Cotton Club. Um, and I think we were just talking quickly about... Uh, one of the ones that might be overlooked but just because it's a relatively recent uh, vintage, um, uh, Dave Chappelle's Block Party. Um, yeah, um, so this is an amazing concert film slash travelogue of eccentric Brooklyn um, yeah. directed by uh, Michel Gondry with his customary creativity and, and invention um, featuring amazing kind of concert performances by... Lauren Hill, The Roots, Erica Badu, you name it, uh, and Dave Chappelle as the host interlocutor, being very funny, organizing yeah. it, emceeing it. Um, it's a beautiful piece of work. Yeah. Um, and it's, yeah, maybe four, 13, 14 years old now. Oh. Yeah. And in a way, it feels longer. Yeah, the, no. The, the cultural shifts make it feel longer, yeah. but it's a, it's a beautiful film and a record of so many talented people yeah. uniting to make something very special. Yeah, it yeah it does feel like it's somehow from from another era. I feel like we're just moving from a succession of one less innocent era <laughs> to, to the next. So that was maybe a previous. Um, and 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 I'm I'm tr- I'm remembering. I haven't seen this move that movie in a long time. I I think I saw it when it came out. But I remember it was so a bit linked to a 1970s concert document. I'm forgetting. I don't know. Um, 
well, I'll, I'll, I'll come up with it at some other point. Um, so it, it kind of, it, it, it ended up being a, um, an attempt at capturing an earlier mood. Even then, it, even then, it was an attempt at capturing an earlier mood. Well, there's a, I, I remember, well, I haven't seen it in a long, long time, but there's a, a beautiful sequence where Michel Gondry goes up and visits this extremely eccentric um, elderly Brooklyn couple. Yes. And I think they're kind of, yeah. I don't want to use the wrong, wrong terminology, but kind of, I think, hoarderish types. Yes. And, and very just cute and eccentric and, and, and strange and... Yeah. It just has room for all types of characters in it. I remember it just being such a warm, generous yeah. film, and yeah. I think it'd be really amazing to see it in a crowd, in a crowd scene, crowd yeah. crowd environment. Yeah, and the way in which it reflects life in Brooklyn, like that that mm. movie came out. Yeah, I think right around the time I moved to New York in two thousand six, um, and it did feel like such a reflection of. You know, I I lived around Fort Greene. Mm-hmm. Uh, like this, this is the moment that's happening. That that feeling that um, this lineup is accessible to me was in the air in a way that I that maybe it's just because I'm old now, but I um, didn't. I don't feel that way anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am curious to see it for that reason too. Like just as a longtime New York resident, um, what does this say about this time in the city in which I live? Yeah. And yeah, what's changed? Like, what even looks different right. now? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, the whole landscape there is different now. Uh, the like the center of gravity is somehow shifting. Um, Watt stacks. Watt stacks. Mel Stewart, nineteen seventy-three. I think that's Isaac maybe, Hayes. Yeah, si- similar kind of vibe, like a one-day yeah extravaganza, like very focused on black music and culture. Yeah, um, and it, yeah, it does have yeah. kind of a similar vibe. It, it doesn't have Isaac Hayes turning up in a <laughs> giant car wearing like a chain link fence. Yeah, that happens only once leggings. in a lifetime. I think. <laughs> yeah, you, I would. Yeah, yeah. You, don't, you don't use that up and wear that. You know, I mean, it's that's true. a one-off. But um. Um, well, we're we're probably uh, running toward uh, the end of our time. Any any final films that that you, you saw that you might want to either you saw them you might want to spotlight quickly. Um, so also from, oh, from the me. retrospective mm-hmm. section of the festival, I wanted to talk about America, America, yes, um, which is an Ilya Kazan film. And I think that uh, it's so important to be reminded that the way in which we picture immigration to the U.S. is not the way that it has always looked, mm. um, that many, many Caucasian Americans come from immigrant families at mm. some point uh, and perhaps not that long ago yeah. and I find that film to be so poignant um, uh, I remember reflecting a lot about some of what my parents who immigrated to the states from Bangladesh talked about in terms of you know the the tension between um, uh, desperately wanting to move somewhere they, they, they were living through the liberation war Um, uh, you don't leave your home unless it's desperately wanted. Mm. Um, and then the guilt and, (laughs) um, feeling of being, uh, then removed from your home country, Mm -hmm. removed from cultural context in which you were raised. Mm. Um, and I thought that it was, um, it, it's so unflinching in Mm. looking at the experience that he had. It it is a, a reflection of Ilya Kazan's uh, own life and his family's mm-hmm. moved to the U.S., um, but it doesn't feel narcissistic or excessive. It feels like yeah. he took that um, and probably, I imagine, quite painfully mm-hmm. uh, brought it to the big screen. And I, yeah, I think um, we talk about 
immigration policy and borders a lot right now and should and a reflection on the history of that and that it's not a new issue yeah. uh, is valuable yeah definitely um, I guess two two quick ones oh, yeah. mm-hmm. I just implore everybody listening to see uh, if they can uh, Vitalina Varela uh, directed by Pedro Costa um, which is about um, the eponymous Vitalina Varela who comes back from uh, Cape Verde to Portugal mm-hmm. to um basically bury her her husband who's just died but they haven't seen each other for decades um it's a very simple premise but the film itself unfolds in a just truly remarkable series of um tableaus beautifully shot and lit and it is it does things with darkness and and the 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 color black and the depth of that that i didn't even at times i didn't even know what aspect ratio the film was in because it just melts away at the sides because your eyes are trained to look in particular directions and somebody walks uh, somebody exits the right of the screen and you think oh my god i thought that was i thought it was a different aspect ratio (laughs) it's it's really remarkable and it's incredibly moving um and then i to wrap things up uh, something else in the revivals restoration strand is a film called the little girl who Mm -hmm. sold the sun Mm-hmm. by Jibril Jop Mambetti, um, who is the uncle of Matty Diop, mm-hmm. the first film, yeah. um, Atlantics, the first film we spoke of. And it's, I think it was the last film he made. I think it's uh, early mm-hmm. 90s. Um, and it's just a beautiful, um, thoughtful, courageous story of persistence of, of, a, of a young woman in Senegal uh, against all the odds. And it's a simple kind of fable-like film, but so rich in, in meaning and... Uh, I'm I'm just uh, you know Tukibuki and Hyenas are the films that Jibril Jop Mambetti are, uh, are most well well known for these really extraordinary port- thoughtful colorful um ambitious and unusual portraits of Senegal um and I just hope that more of his work com- comes to light and he made some short films that people don't know as well so I'd urge people to go see this as well mm-hmm. yeah. and Atlantics <laughs> yeah that's a Thank you for <laughs> thank you for doing my job of perfectly <laughs> bringing us full circle. Um, I, I just want to close by mentioning a couple of uh, film comment events that will be happening during the New York Film Festival. Uh, we'll be having three uh, film comment talks. Uh, one um, talking about politics in cinema called State of the State of the Nation, uh, which will be this coming weekend, and then we'll have our filmmakers chat. Uh, which uh, is always pretty entertaining because we get three or four directors on stage uh, to, I guess I could say, share craft and also vent, uh, which is is always cathartic for everyone involved. Uh, So definitely check that out online to see who will be showing up. And finally, we'll have a festival wrap-up on the final week. Um, And and as I mentioned, um, we'll we'll have a specific podcast for the projections section, uh, which uh, often, not in this podcast, but often gets uh, kind of overlooked a little in discussions of feature films, but obviously short and medium length movies, uh, a plenty in there and and many, many you should definitely see. So I think that's about it. Oh, oh, one last thing. (laughs) No small thing is that our film comment presents uh, film for this festival is Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Uh, which um, we could do a whole separate podcast about uh, and probably will at some point. We're pleased to have both the director, uh, um, Celine Siama, uh, and uh, the the actor, Adele Ainel, uh, for both of the screenings. And uh, besides being amazing artists, they are also terrific uh, to talk with. uh, So you'll want to hear from them. But that's that's about all for now. Uh, but thank you both of you for a wonderful conversation. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks.
You've been listening to the Film Comment Podcast with music by Greg Angie. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher. Film Comment is a bi-monthly magazine published by the Film Society of Lincoln Center. Since 1962, Film Comment has featured in-depth features, critical analysis, and feature coverage of mainstream, art house, and avant-garde filmmaking from around the world. Visit us online at filmcomment.com to purchase a print or digital subscription to Film Comment. Or check out our app, available on Android, iOS, or Kindle. Pick up your copy of the new issue of Film Comment, featuring a special section on the 57th New York Film Festival, including Bong Joon-ho's Parasite, Pain and Glory and Pedro Almodovar on his literary inspirations, Noah Baumbach's Merit Story, Angela Shanalek's I Was at Home But, and Cornelio Poromboyo's The Whistlers. Support independent, non-profit film journalism today at filmcomment.com. With 300-plus exhibitors and more than 50 conference sessions, NAB Show New York is designed to offer a new outlook on media, entertainment, and technology, so you can stay ahead of the field. Visit nabshowny.com and use code MP01 to save up to $100 on registration.